praise God from whom all blessings flow. For the Lord is gracious and merciful. He sends redemption to his people. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we have two amazing and challenging biblical stories about leprosy and the deep meaning that lies within each of those. Leprosy is a very old disease and greatly debilitating to all who suffer with it. Researchers tell us that it has been active for 4,000 years and has been driven by some specific bacteria that were given to us by our animal friends. It still afflicts hundreds of thousands globally and is difficult to treat because the symptoms are almost impossible to detect until three to five years have passed. Antibiotics today are quite effective. However, sometimes they struggle because several years of illness have passed. Now our two stories may seem to be about leprosy and how to heal it, but in reality, it is more about faith, truth, and our redemption or salvation. First, we have the Old Testament story of Naaman, the commanding general of the army of Aramea or Syria. He was a man with great power because of his mighty military army. But he was truly a man brought low by suffering with leprosy. Without a cure, his body would slowly rot and fall to pieces. For such a military man, nothing could be more humiliating than this disease and its bodily devastation. Fortunately for Naaman, a Jewish woman who had been captured and had been put to work serving his wife and who then told his wife that there was a prophet in Israel who could cure him. This is good news. So he packed his bags, got, his, got on his stallion, and went to the king of Israel with a letter from the king of Syria. He brought along about 500,000 bucks in silver and 60,000 in gold and 10 sets of expensive clothes. He was certainly Mr. Big Shot. Now the king of Israel, frightened by Naaman's military power and Naaman's expectation to be personally healed by him, feared the worst. Fortunately, Elisha the prophet saved the day by sending the king a message that he would handle the deal himself. So when Naaman shows up at Elijah's house with his entourage, the only thing Elisha does is to send a note saying, go and dip in the Jordan River seven times and you will be healed. This rattled Naaman's cage and enraged him. He thought Elisha would come out in person, wave his hand and he would be healed. Now he's supposed to dip his body in the unsavory Jordan River as opposed to his delightful home rivers in Damascus. But his servants came to his rescue. They convinced him to wash and be clean. 
You know what happens. His body was restored to the beauty and healthiness of a young boy. What a great story of salvation. A man of great power and rank is brought down by leprosy. No matter where he turns, no one, especially the king of Israel, can help him except for the rural prophet Elisha, living in the boonies who doesn't even show himself, but sends a note instead. What an you know, apparent insult. Nonetheless, Naaman did seven dips in the Jordan and he was healed. This is the great and final point for the story. Naaman then returned to Elisha, the man of God, he and all of his company. He came and stood before Elisha and said, now I know there is no other God on earth except in Israel. Please accept a present from your servant. Naaman then, a Gentile, had praised the God of Israel for his salvation. And as an aside, Elisha's name in Hebrew means, my God is my salvation. And our second story of leprosy involves Jesus, whose name in Hebrew also has a similar meaning to Elisha's name, my God is my salvation. How appropriate given these two stories. As Jesus entered a village in northern Israel, near Syria, 10 lepers come up to him. They keep their distance, that is, they obey the laws about no contact between lepers and healthy people. The 10 lepers say to him, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. This is where the story gets good. He tells them to go and show themselves to the priests and they will validate that they were healthy and clean. But as they were on their way to the priests, they were healed. And one man turns back. He prostrates himself at Jesus' feet and says, thank you, Lord. But you know, doggone it, he wasn't a Jew. He was a Samaritan, an outsider, a lower class member, a basic non-valuable person, a foreigner. But none of that heritage bothered Jesus at all. He had compassion for this man anyway. Jesus immediately moves to the heart of the healing story. Hey, weren't there 10 lepers? Where are the nine? Is only this foreigner able to return and give thanks? So Jesus says to him, get up, go on your way, your faith has made you heal. You're well. I love these stories. A skeptical, powerful warrior and a humble outsider give thanks to the God of Israel for the mercy and salvation given to them. Both had been outsiders and were Gentiles, non-believers. But the really, really big question hanging out there is the other nine. Where are they? This is actually a fundamentally simple question, yet it raises more questions about how Jesus felt about this. 
And how do you feel about this? How are we to interpret the behavior of these nine folks who are missing in action? If we read the chapter that preceded this story or the chapter that follows this story, we get the message that Jesus here is calm, cool, and collected. He is not stirred up. And I've always wondered why Jesus didn't get riled up when the nine disappeared with no thanks, no praise, nothing at all. Just gone. So what is the meaning here? Why is Jesus so calm? I have thought and thought about this over the years, and I've come to realize that there lurks a subtle suggestion to me and to you about the fate of these missing nine. One of Jesus's most potent skills is in finding and setting loose potential new apostles and disciples above, beyond the current 10 disciples, 12 disciples. I believe that Jesus knew what the nine missing individuals were up to, and he offers us an opportunity to explore what that could mean, especially for us. Jesus knew that even though the nine missing never returned to thank him, they were healed and were grateful. For instance, one of the nine who before leprosy had been derelict in caring for his extended family, returned home with great motivation to strengthen his family and friends so that they were happy, productive, and healthy. Are we too missing in action? Put yourself into that picture and ask yourself right now, how healthy is my ministry of care and concern for my family, my friends, my neighbors, my acquaintances? The second of the missing nine, who before leprosy had begun a business that became a scam that cheated customers and employees and ignored the needs of steady income and rewards for hard work. Are we missing in action here too? Put yourself in that picture and ask yourself, what is it that I can do to support actions that remove and help dishonest practices get away and encourage people to find better and more honorable ways to care for people in their workplaces? The third of the missing nine, who before leprosy had seen people standing at curbs, at signal lights, and on sidewalks, holding out cardboard signs, cups, and hands for handouts. Are we missing an action in this way too? Put yourself in that picture and ask yourself, how can I best show compassion and support for the homeless around us? You can easily and quickly get the picture of the other six missing lepers who were healed and enabled to praise God through their own healing salvation and various personal ministerial actions on their own. And you don't need a cure from leprosy to understand the great potential of absorbing the wondrous healing compassion of Jesus, turning it into your own personal actions. 
actions that raise up those in need, in pain, in poverty, in jail, in sorrow, even in hate, confusion, ignorance, and unfaithfulness. Every Sunday, God raises us up to walk out into the world and take actions that heal, redeem, lift up God's world in praise and thanksgiving. That is our gift of healing. We pray. Jesus, we thank you for continuously lifting us up to be the ones who have been healed from all illness, pain, and fear, so that we in turn can lift up our brothers and sisters wherever and whoever they are. Amen.